Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here we are halfway almost through the month of June. It's the 14th of June, 2022. Gotta love the chat room. Hot sake. Oh, yes. He made the comment that he was going to get some some sake and heat it up. Yeah. And, and you were talking about, no, we, no, no, he was talking about boxed sake. So just to get, he, bring it back. He, he, yeah, he backed into <laughs> boxed sake. He's talking about the boxed sake. And you're like, no, that is not drinkable. And there was a specific sake or sake that you were referencing. Now, have you ever had, have you ever had soju? Yeah, of course. Soju's good stuff. I have a, a case of it that somebody brought to me. Oh, just, God. Yeah, just, but just one bottle of that with one beer gets you looped. Yeah, oh, sure. And it's not even that strong. It's not like The Chinese have a, have a liquor that I, I always forget the name of it, but I can recognize the bottles. And I always have some of that around because it's the taste of China. Oh, I, I've been to China so often where you get to these events with the Chinese uh, businessmen or whatever, and you end up drinking this stuff. I usually buy shots. Well, I hope and you remember it because you're not going again anytime soon. No, I'm not going. I haven't been planning on going to China anytime soon. It's a mess. Not until Xi's gone. Yeah, I just can't. It's just, they won't let you in anyway. And if you go in, you're going to have to be locked up. Yeah, it's no good. Terrible. Who the hell wants to go there? Terrible, terrible. Well, we have also by terrible. The way, by the way, you get most of the the feeling and and the and the and the vibe. Yeah, go to Taiwan. I haven't been to Taiwan. How is that? It's beautiful. It's great. Really? What is it like? Yes. I mean, what other countries it like more? Is it's it, like China. Uh, <laughs> well, that does make only sense. Only it's, it's richer. It's got more money, more cars. Well, it's like Hong Kong. Uh, no, Hong Kong is super. Is, is, Hong Kong, I not to get off onto this uh, road, but I went to Hong Kong years or bef- years and years ago when it was really a cool place. And then ever since I've gone closer and closer to more recently, it's it's so expensive. So it's expensive. a jip. Yeah, terrible. Taiwan's not like that. Oh, interesting. We'll have to go. Taiwan's more like Korea in terms of what it costs. That's great. Yeah. I went to actually, I had a Korean barbecue this afternoon for, for lunch. One of the best. Yeah. One of the best. It was great. But the problem is you can't drink. Well, you can drink, but I don't drink during lunch. No, you get, you get logi. Yeah. So I, I, I might as well, I really never understood that whole thing either. People drinking, you know, having a martini at lunch and then having a couple of cigarettes. Or three martinis. Yeah. Oh. It's the nature of their job. They're in, usually in sales. You're worth nothing the rest of the day, though. If you keep doing it every day for years and years, yeah, I think you can get through it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the markets. Bad market. Bad market. Very, very nasty. Bad. Yeah, you haven't any fun yet? It's it's uh, interesting. Let's just say that for whatever reason, the last two nights, I'm up at 3.30 and I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, that's why, the, that's why the market's so great. By the way, <laughs> I think it's the time. I think the I think the day's the day. We have to call the shots, if not making us kind of a separate closer to the pin contest. Uh-huh. When will the Dow drop below 30,000 30, into the 29th? Oh. oh. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could happen tomorrow. Tomorrow's a big day. We're going to talk about that, as a matter of fact. And there's things that are going on in the area of the markets that you just don't do. Rule number one of the markets, of an economy, is never tell people they cannot have their money. Don't oh, that, That's bad. Yeah, You just don't do it because what do they do? They rush they out like crazy to get their money, right? They freak out. They freak out. Uh, and then you get the lines, and then you get people cashing out when they shouldn't because they don't understand what's happening. Is this going on somewhere? Did I? Yes, I didn't, I, it is. I didn't get the memo. Oh, it is. There was a, a, so. In other words, there's a run. There is a run on the crypto space. Oh, the crypto space runs. Yeah, yep. and there's that a lot of money. This is some serious money we're talking about. Well, uh, one point six billion at Tesla money. 
Yeah, and and not to mention the eighty percent drop point. on uh, MicroStrategy for the genius Michael Saylor. Which I'm yeah, talk, he took a beating. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about him. I'm going to tell you about my history with Michael Saylor and why I've always had a problem with him. Okay. That I don't think I've talked about. We have food wars, big problems. Wall Street Journal is floating a idea yesterday which took the market down. It was at 3 o'clock. It was perfect. This was the, this reminded me very much of the last time and the time before that when they were thinking about raising rates and they would use the Wall Street Journal as a trial balloon positioning machine. Three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, particular, uh, the, the, the Fed whisperer, the particular writer, journalist from the Wall Street Journal would get a quick, down and dirty, four paragraph, hey, this is what may be happening. And it was all the Fed pushing that into the market through the Wall Street Journal. They did that yesterday. Test marketing. Yep. Good idea, actually. It is. 75 basis point trial balloon tomorrow rather than the 50 basis point. Yeah. I'm not buying it. You don't think it's going to happen? Well, I, I, here's because I, I got a little lecture on one of the uh, shows, I think at Kelly Evans show, where you had this guy from the Milken Institute, this Bill Lee or whatever his name is, the Chinese guy is very, Tom very- Lee. Tom Lee. Is it Tom Lee? Tom Lee wear, wears glasses and he does a lot of like neck twitching. I hadn't noticed that, uh, but he's he's definitely uh, seems to know what he's talking about. And he's, he psychoanalyzed the whole thing. And he said that they should do a, a point. Right. Not the 70, not the, you know, the 75. Oh, you're talking about but, Willie, William Lee, by the way. William Lee. William Lee. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly who yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, he said they don't have the guts. This is he says they should do a point. He said that would stabilize things. It would stop. It's just his theory, of course. It would stabilize it, but by their own theories, it should stabilize inflation. Uh, but they don't have the guts to do it. And he says he doesn't think. And he went on to this theory about they'll do a you know fifty basis points instead of seventy five because the seventy five is still a little over the top considering all the you know all the things they've been saying on and on, mm -hmm. and they can always come back with another 50 if they want, which would take it to a point. But he says the, uh, and, and also the, uh, I'm sorry, also the state of the economy and the only, you know, there's a weird economy. There's no question about it. It is kind of freakish and they didn't want to kill it. So I'm sticking, I'm sticking with him. I think, I think 50 basis points will be it. If they do 75, I'll be surprised. Well, right now the market is pricing in about a 92% chance of a 75 basis point hike tomorrow. That was up from 30% just the day before. This is the Fed fund futures rates. And usually the Fed always goes with what the Fed fund futures are favoring. Okay. Well, let's, let's, I'm going to ask you these questions mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Let, what happens to the market if it does, if a 75 basis points is announced? So the base case right now, the, the, the line of where they believe it should be is 75 basis points. That's what is expected by the markets right now. Um, then the next question you have to ask is, well, what if they do 1%, right? You know, I was reading. Well, a I, no, the next question would be what would happen if they do a half, a 50 basis points jump. So would if they only do. Does 50, the market skyrocket? No, it goes the other way. It's upside down right now. The, everything that I'm reading says if you do 50 basis points, the market will be disappointed. 75 basis points is neutral. 100 basis points may see a knee-jerk reaction down. However, it may turn around to show that there's credibility back with the Fed. Is that a theory? That, that's, that's everything that I'm reading. Okay. Uh, and, and this is not from the talking heads. This is like from this guy, William Lee. He's a, he's a good guy uh, from Milken. He's a smart fellow. And uh, other other players on the buy side that I'm reading. So when you when you look at the buy side, that is something to really think about because they are the ones that really have money. That is, um, they're not just trying to sell something, right? They're trying to actually manage money. And I think that the fact that we saw the pre-announcement or the whatever you want to call it was in the Wall Street Journal, uh, the trial balloon. I think that that's what was all intended to grease the markets. But the problem with 75 basis points is this. In the last 
press conference a month ago when asked about 75 basis points. Powell said 75 basis points is not in our discussions at this point. And he kind of poo-pooed it. Markets initially went up thinking, oh, they're not going to raise so fast. And then the next day they turned around very sharply lower. I think it was the next day. So uh, 75 basis points is, has, has good with it, which is, oh, they're serious. It also has a negative connotation to it because it's like, wait, he said he didn't have to do this. Is, are, are we in that bad of shape? Ah. There's all sorts of you know, weird stuff. Yeah, well, that makes it very interesting. This would be a good, I, I don't know, what's Vegas think? I'm sure they're put a, a line on this. I'm sure there is. Well, Vegas is the market. Vegas is the, <laughs> I mean, right? It's always been the market. Yeah, it's a, the biggest, there's the biggest gambling hole in the world. Uh, You know, and, and we try well, I'm going to stick with my 50 basis points. I'm going with 75. Because I think Powell's too much of a weenie to, to to do 75 based on not only his normal personality, but what you just said. Yeah. I, I think he is, he leans more towards dovishness and he's trying his best to be a, you know, have his big boy pants on and do what he's got to do and, and, and channel Volker. Yeah. But he can also say, I mean, we're going to do 50, but we can do 50 again. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the expectation just last week. Was 50 this meeting, 50 next meeting, then a pause. But the, the funny thing is, he's, he's they've, they've, the tenure is now at 3.4 today. Yeah. Uh, mortgage rates, which were 3.6% for a 30-year at the beginning of the year, are now 6.35% today. Yeah, we got some refinance done at that low number. Yeah, that's it. You, would, you wouldn't do it now if you had to. No, but we did buy some property at a number that's under five. That's good. So that was good. That's good. So the markets themselves down six to 10%, depending on which market in the last five days. We see that the S&P 500 is down 21%. Year to date, the NASDAQ is down 31%. The VIX is up 89%. Clearly a bad bear market. Did we talk about this whole, I don't know if we talked about it with somebody else, this idea of the bear market. Where not really. So there's this definition of a recession, which is two. There's a couple of different ways to look at it. There's something about this, some that including employment issues. Um, but traditionally, when you look at recessions, what you start thinking about is two negative, two consecutive negative quarters of GDP. That's what right. the, the old line, very basic before we got fancy recession indicator was for a bear markets when you get from the High to the low is a 20% drop from any given point. You got a correction, which is 10%. You got a bear market that is uh, 20%. So everybody was all, you know, oh, well, we're not in a bear market yet. I'm like, wait, wait a second. Just because the S&P 500 didn't go down 20%, this market has every indication of being in a bear state of mind, which is the move is 3% up, 4% up, 4% down. You know, the VIX moving all over the place. Then you have a couple of days of nothingness. Then you get this major move. This is what happens during bear markets because there's no agreement. There's no uh, coordination. There's no understanding of what prices really should be right now. There's a lot of concern, confusion, right? Yeah, and you and there's a, and the, this movement creates the classic bear uh, bull traps. Yeah, right. Which are, which is the thing that bothers me the most. Because I'm looking at, you know, actually, literally actually putting some money into Facebook. Oh, really? Hmm. And, you know, I was thinking about, it was 199. I said, well, you know, it's under 200. That's probably a pretty good time to invest in Facebook. Right. It's not as 160. Yep. I, I would have taken a beating already. Mm -hmm. Just like from a week ago. Right. I mean, we're starting to get to some crazy levels on certain stocks. I mean, there are stocks that are like, wow. I mean, Disney, is it just keeps on going down. I think it's down 50% since it's high. 50%. Now, Disney had some things that went on, and there was COVID, and there was all things in parks and, you know, different areas around the country. Yeah, but they were covering for it pretty well while Iger yeah. was there. And then mm -hmm. once they turned it over to this new guy who immediately fired some superstar from Fox, it's a big scandal in the trades. It's all they talk about is this 
this CEO of Disney firing this guy that was the head of the studios and some creative guy there. And he just got rid of him because he didn't get along or who knows, nobody knows why. And so, and the board's backing up this guy, the bald headed guy was the CEO of Disney. And uh, this has become an issue. People are now second guessing this guy knows what he's doing. Is he just in insecure? His the feeling was, at least in the trades, was that the guy thought this other guy would was lining himself up to take over his job when he just got it. And we know that Disney doesn't turn over CEOs that much, so it was unfounded, I think. And so, so Disney's got all kinds of issues. I think it's, I think it's got huge, and the, uh, Disney's a mess. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, and then you have. The potential that goes into this now with a with a recession that is being talked about. If nothing else, we're going to talk ourselves right into a recession, and that is. And if you see the price of the park is ridiculous. Eighty five dollars if you buy. Well, you first have to buy three days worth to get this price. But I, was, I just saw an ad like yesterday, eighty five bucks a head per day at Disneyland down here. I don't know what the the one probably, over probably you, the same. Probably around the same, mm -hmm. eighty-five bucks they had, but you had to buy three days worth of tickets. So that's like what two hundred fifty, two hundred sixty, two hundred seventy bucks almost, uh -huh. and per person. So as a usually a husband and wife and maybe two kids, that's a grand for three days. That's of, without any food, without any and that's lodging, without, without any transportation. Or the lodging, grand just to go in and out of the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, but we also have coins being eviscerated and disemboweled. Another project, Celsius, is just gone, biting the dust, halting, yeah, halting withdrawals. This was another, it's always the same, John. It's always the same. What kills things? Excess leverage, because greed, these freaking newbies in the markets and these young guys with the, duh, they know everything. This is what's going on with Bitcoin with the Celsius, with the excess leverage, with the stable coin, the, the Terra Luna, all of that. You know what this reminds stable me of? Stable coin so unstable. It cracks yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the worst name ever. Uh, but you know what this is? This is long-term capital management. The idea that a few really smart people that worked at MIT, or uh, they came up with a solution to make sure that there was um, absolute... Um, Limited risk, but great upside in some fancy mathematics, which seemingly eventually fails. Because Most they just of let the it guys who come, you know, the, the MIT engineering types that start doing all, you know, they, they've taken over hedge funds and they've screwed them up. They had all these great theories. These theories never worked twice in a row. Uh, yeah. So th th this is just a real problem. And this is what is causing more angst because now, Coinbase is, I mean, Coinbase was, I don't know, 375 or maybe close to 400 at its high. It's like 90% lower or 85% lower. Coinbase is having big problems. They're the, the number one in the industry. Well, Binance is the number one. They had a glitch yesterday and they were holding off on withdrawals too. And the big question is, wait a second, what happens if these companies go out to go out of business? There isn't really no SIPC. There's no government backing. Do I lose my Bitcoin? You know, in other words, if I hold it there now, Adam is uh, Adam is big on you know if you if you if you know if you don't hold your own cheese, if you don't have your keys, you don't hold your cheese. In other words, you gotta hold your own Bitcoin in a offline wallet that you have control over. I would think that's a wise way to go. But you know, then it, what's that's that's like. It's very then in, in order to trade that you have to somehow hook up to link up to something. Well, I'm also reminded of my son who had four bitcoins. Okay, we think he doesn't remember. Oh, uh, but he had four bitcoins. He thinks and from years and years and years ago. Somehow he got a and they're on a hard disk that's been lost. Yeah, that's terrible. Because it's so you know so you know this is the thing about that always bothers me about Bitcoin is that let's say, I mean, the only way you're going to make out is like what my son just did, put it somewhere, lose it, and then find it. <laughs> 20 years later, 20 years <laughs> later, because like I, if it was me, let's say I bought uh 10 Bitcoin for 25 cents a piece, just as a lark, mm -hmm. it must be $2 and 50 cents. 10 Bitcoins would be worth what? 5 million bucks at the peak at the peak. Uh, 
500,000. Okay, 500,000. Yeah, 500,000. Well, let's make it 100 then, 25 bucks. Okay. So I'd have $5 million with a bit. Right. But let's say it went from 25 and it went to 400. Remember when it was at 400? It just lagged there. Uh huh. Do you think I would have kept it at 400 when I only paid 25 no. cents and no. I made, no. and I made what? Plus. For, over four, I mean, just a ridiculous 400 times, four, 1,600 times my money? Yeah. No, you probably would not have held it, and uh, you would have kicked yourself the whole time. Yeah, of course. That's the problem with these types of investments. So do be avoided. The only one Those that has held Those are the kind it. of things that keep you up at 3.30 in the morning. The only one that has held it from somewhat of the lows are you and I. You know, I don't touch that account. Not that it's worth <laughs> uh, We got paid... Um, in Bitcoin back a number of years. I don't know why we ever stopped, but we were getting little bitty Bitcoins in, okay? Yeah, did we ever get a whole coin? No, but we have small amount that went from, I don't know, $50 up to like $3,000. Yeah, we'll cash it in one of these still days. Holding, still holding it. Um, the other thing I want to just uh, tease you with in the beginning here is natural gas. Not that I'm going to provide any, but uh, natural gas plunges today. Plunges. Great story. Yeah, it's, about, it's about time. Great story. All right. So let's talk about the recap again of this week and last week. We have another crypto crash, hard crash over the weekend. Hard crash. Talk about 22,000 and, and right at 21,000 and change on Bitcoin. Close to 1,075 on Ethereum. Down 30% over the weekend, 20% over the weekend. Celsius, Bitcoin slumped 40% on Monday. Then all of a sudden Celsius had a problem because... They're doing, hey, go to their website. You'll see this. Hey, you know what? Put your Bitcoin with us and we'll pay you like 15% just for, just for depositing it with them. And you think to yourself, John and I, would, you and I would look at this and go, I must be missing something here. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. This, uh, I, just, I just leave my money there and I get, why, why? And the problem is that, that these days, the gullible nature of people that believe that when a sign says best burger in the world, it really is the best burger in the world. Or when they see something on the web or worse, an app, because apps are always true. You know, apps are like next to God. If it's in an app, it must be. And the app said I can make 15%. So you know what I'm going to do? It must be safe. They have an app. They have a website. They have an app. And, and suckers get drawn into this. And while the Celsius network may not have been a Ponzi scheme or any kind of other fraudulent situation, it was really a heavily levered situation that were lending out your Bitcoin and doing all these kinds of leveraging on it. And uh, when Bitcoin came down, which, you know, nobody thought that would happen, right? Well, it just got crazy. And now because of extreme conditions, Celsius is frozen withdrawals and transfers of any of the money that's on their network. How pissed off would you be if you just left your money there because they say you're going to give you money? They're like, you know, that hundred grand worth of Bitcoin that was there, yeah, it's down a little bit. Okay, fine, but yeah, you can't have it. Yeah, I know. I, this is a problem with these things. So, uh, once again, uh, the machine algos quants are where the problem is. Binance Alt, the number one, also suspended um, withdrawals for a time being on Monday. I think there was something they called a log jam, but it's too close to what happened with uh, Celsius over the weekend on top of this other stable coin, Crapola. So very bad. Back to rule number one, which is never tell people they can't have their money. Um, let's see. Mm. Tuna fish. Tuna fish. I'm pissed off at Robert Kiyosaki. You know who that is? Nope. Yes, you do. He's the guy that wrote uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. He's got a book. He became very popular. He's got some really weird ideas. and he's, he's, Well, now he's out, out with uh, the best investment for inflation is a can of tuna fish. And he gave this really lame discussion. But more so and more important, he ripped off my idea. I've been talking oh, yeah? about this for 10 years or more. What? That tuna? tuna? Tuna is the best investment you can make if you're going to end up in a bunker, a mega crash of epic proportions of a financial 
mar- markets. Well, you can be complaining about this till the hell freezes over, but I don't remember you ever mentioning this thesis on the show. I've talked about it on my show a hundred times. I'll tell you the thesis. Here it goes. Ready? His was lame because he just talked about tuna fish. Here's how it goes. If you go into a bunker because you have something and you need to be there, and obviously during that time you need some kind of currency maybe to trade and to do things, but you know what? It may be a long stay. You got to get yourself tuna in oil. It has to be in oil. Tuna cans in oil. When you take a tuna fish can and you open the top with a can opener, now you have the top, which can be used for a cutting instrument. It can be used for protection. There's a lot of different things that can be used from that round instrument, cutting meats, maybe hunting, maybe carving, maybe, again, a uh, some protection. Then you have the oil. The oil can be used to either, it may smell a little bit, but like to moisturize the skin for protection. It can be used for a heating element or maybe even light. Maybe cook with it. Maybe preserve other uh, things out there. Then you got the tuna that you can eat. The can itself can be used for a collection device for maybe water, you know, as, as it's raining, or it can be used for a tool or it can be used for a, something to eat with. And tuna fish in oil is a much better possible um, currency because of its usefulness in extreme conditions than gold, as an example. That's my whole discussion on it. What do you think? So you've been watching a lot of doomsday preppers? Uh, I, I don't really watch a lot of them, but I came up with this, you know, because people are always talking about gold. You got to take gold and gold in the bunker. I'm like, ah, what am I going to do? Chip off a little piece and say, hey, uh, will you uh, trade I mean, me something? I, yeah, if you're going to be stuck in a bunker, first I just jump in the car and drive to Sacramento. But that's me. <laughs> uh, but if you're going to be stuck in a bunker for some reason, you're in a bunker in the first place. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kaiyasaki, he's obviously listening to my podcast. Uh, so you think he just stole this? Yeah, I wouldn't call it a lame idea, but I because it's a good idea. But he stole this, I think, flashy idea from you. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking honestly for ten years. I've been talking about this. You could probably okay. go through my my archive. Why didn't you write a book? I, I got to, about about this particular yeah. idea. A whole book. You should whatever he did. <laughs> I got two books out, but thank you. Faulting again for actually doing some work. Yep. All right, let's explain something. You need to explain this to me. The World Bank says a food crisis is coming. Yeah. Okay. Fertilizer costs are up big. Lots of fertilizers from Russia and Belarus, amongst other places. Now we have low plantings due to the high cost of fertilizer equals less food equals higher prices, and the journey continues around. Now, the U.S. government, this is what I need you for. The U.S. government reportedly is encouraging ag and shipping companies to buy and carry more Russian fertilizer in a measure to ease spiraling food costs. What the? What What are you asking? What? Why do I have to? uh, What? What is? Do I have to do with the base knowledge to answer or or discuss this? You're the voice of reason. I I don't. Well, it sounds like it's. I don't know. They're going to have to smuggle fertilizer from Russia. I mean, I don't understand why is U- U.S. is all of a sudden we're cutting them off at the knees, and now we need, you know, we need uh, oil, so we're going to Venezuela. We're going, uh, we, we, you know, the whole. Not only that, they seem to be kissing Venezuela's ass. So weird. So weird. Even though they denied it at first. Oh no, no, no. Huh. So now they're kissing their ass, but of course. Whatever happened to that company that just sold nothing but gasoline from Venezuela? It was the Citgo or mm. it it Citgo? Sitco, I think. Maybe Citgo. I think it was Citgo. I don't know. Um, I don't know. They're nuts. They don't know what they're doing. It's out of control. All right. Uh, we have more food issues. Uh, we have pork wars now. Pork wars. Smithfield Foods. You know they were bought by China. Yes. Which again, who allows this to go on? You got me. This is just unbelievable. This is a, an old American company that's that's historic. It, it, and, and this is the equivalent of the stupidity of Germany relying on their uh, friends in Russia for oil for 40% of their energy. Yeah. This is just insanity. You know what? I think somebody's got to recognize that politicians don't have to be smart to become positioned in office. Did, did anybody ever flush that out? I think I, I think that was a given. Oh, okay. It's like, you know, if you can't do teach, if you can't teach, be a politician. Is that kind of where it is? It could be. Ugh. It's so stupid. 
So, um, and, and they think they're so smart. That's the problem. They think they're above everybody. You know, I go, and then I go to the, all these charity, I do a lot of charity events, these black tie events for various things and give money and try to be a good guy. And you go to some of these events and like, could all the city commissioners and other public works uh, officials please stand? You know, at one of these events, you get like 600 people at this event. Yeah. You know, anybody's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Thank you for what, your oh. service. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. Anyway, Smithfield. I think they should be booed. They should be booed. I'm going to do that next time. I'm going to, maybe I'll, I'll record myself booing and put it under somebody else's table, though. Well, people, okay, well, there you go. Yeah, because I can't do it. I'm scared. Uh, Smithfield Foods, which is the unit of China's WH Group, it says it's going to cease all harvest and processing operations in Vernon, California, in early 2023. Yeah, and they, I heard this. They're taking their steps due to, es is this near you, Vernon? Uh, I don't know where it is. I think it's in the Central Valley down south. Well, Smithfield is taking these steps due to the escalating cost of doing business in California. Yeah, I believe that's true. Now, I don't have any objection to that either, but they're also closing down another plant and reducing their sow herding efforts in Utah. Hmm. And it's also exploring strategic options to pull out of its farms in Arizona and California. That's not good. Well, I mean, most of the Smithfield, I didn't even know they had plants out here. I always thought it was a Virginia company. But I mean, but 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 they have farms. They got farms. You know, you have farms around the country. I guess so. You want the farm obviously closest to your meat packing. Technically, right. yeah. uh, we saw. Let's see, rates and markets. Uh, CPI came in at eight point six percent on Friday. All hell broke loose on that one. Uh, big moves in food and other core numbers. Actually, energy somehow came down a little bit. Now on Monday at three p.m., I wrote this: the New York. Uh, uh, not the two-year, not the two-year. I don't know where I just said that. The, the two-year, the two-year note uh, surged at 3.42% and the 10-year jumped to 3.36. You know what that means? We have an inverted yield curve and the standard recession predictor of a two-year above the 10-year. Yeah, but it's not supposed to take place immediately. It may not, but the way things are nosediving right now, it looks like it could come quickly. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there is some good things happening still in the economy, but if you look at certain areas, I mean, I'm hearing some really spooky stuff in the housing markets. You know? Yeah. Like what? Um, I'm hearing that uh, we, we have 50% drop in mortgage applications over the last year. With these new prices, I would think so, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm hearing that- Call the herd. I'm hearing that certain areas, we're seeing significant drops in asking prices in very high-end uh, houses. In, yeah, high-end uh, houses have some issues in some areas yeah, because yeah. they were overpriced to begin with in areas that can't sustain these prices. Right. So the thing that's that's a good point. Um, where where you very interesting point you mentioned that because if you have a house that is priced at a million four and it's only worth a million two, and the price that is being asked for is drops from a million four to a million two, is that really a drop? You know what I mean? It's no, just, it's not. It's just a it's reality. Just back to reality. Yeah. 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 I think we can see more realistic stuff happening. Right. And we're seeing things like a Compass and Redfin laying off 20 to 25% of their staff. Stocks are in the toilet. And um, there was some news out of Compass yeah. that I wrote down here somewhere. Uh, Compass. Compass. Not as good. Uh, Compass Realty is doing a big layoff, stock down 80%. Private, oh, also we're seeing, this is some other things, uh, follow up on several private fintech companies and other fast-growing public companies talking about layoffs. Mm. Coinbase is laying off 1,000 workers. Brian Anderson, the CEO, is pointing to a possible recession and the need to manage Coinbase's burn rate and increase efficiency. He also said the company grew too quickly during a bull market. Coinbase is, has a burn. Are they just losing money? Is that what he's? How amazing is it that they're losing money? Somebody never taught these people, whether it was in high school, college, or grad school, that a company really should make money. What happened was with all that free money and craziness that went on, people just, and because prices were escalating so quickly, 
people just started throwing money at these companies and they're like, oh, we'll make money one day. Don't worry about it. No, that's that's not new. That's been going on in from my memories, at least. And I'm sure it goes back further from the late 70s to the through the 80s, for sure, uh, through the 90s, big time. And then they had a little zipsy do in the 2000s back in business in the 2010s. I mean, yeah, that's what they do. It's what they and do. They hope to make a killing. So they throw as much money as they can, and then they make, they lose it all or make a killing. Right. Right. I don't know. It's right. Crazy. So the thing is that what we had was this all start also with like SoftBank, just creating valuations of companies by sheer, sheer, uh, the 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 enormity of the amount of money they would press into it. Well, not only that, but you can do it through some creative yeah. Uh, bookkeeping. Yeah. Like I say, I got a company and I got like, you know, five shares out there and it does X amount of money. I sell you one share at some, say you buy the one share for $10,000. And if you do the calculation, that means the company's worth a billion yeah. uh, based on the one share being worth $10,000. Um. And I maybe hold up, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it can be done. So these valuations are what's, and then you ask for that kind of money for everybody else. It, it's a, it, there's something very scamish about it, but it's a, it's a funny trick that I've seen. But you see, it's going on constantly. No, it's going on constantly. It gets worse sometimes. It gets, it gets really bad. Right. In fact, it, it's laughable. But then it, it corrects. It does correct, and it gets, it gets ugly. And then you have a. When period- it corrects, it seems to me it just dries up. That's the a correction amounts to drying up. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait a second. Then they don't like us anymore. I know a company uh, that got $125 million of an, uh, I think it was a series. It was like the E funding level. And uh, two weeks later, they fired 25% of the the staff. Can can you imagine what the, the, the funders must be thinking? Like, wait, why didn't you tell us about this? Well, I, you don't know that that's, you might be just the opposite of that. It might be, ah, good. They fired all these people after we, I mean, it's possibly the opposite effect. It is firing the people because I, there there was a, there was a period in the late nineties when you'd go to San Francisco had all these startups and they were all overfunded, no overvalued. And you'd go, you'd find, you'd find out, you'd know a couple of guys and then invite you to the Friday party. With the martinis big party on Friday, every Friday, there'd be this huge rooftop party somewhere in San Francisco. And there'd be this giant party. And it was like, you, you guys are still not making any money. What are you spending all this? These parties were lavish. Oh, our, uh, our investors expect us to, uh, right. Because right. it gives an image of success yes. and blah, blah, blah. It's always some bull crap. Right. I've never seen so many lines of bull crap in my life than you get from the, from the uh, Silicon Valley folk. And so, yeah, well, I'm happy to be at the party, you know, spending somebody else's money. Sick company goes down. Yep. Yep. Until, until one day there's a reckoning. Yeah. There's no party anymore. The company's out of business. Right. Exactly. Uh, Tesla has bigger problems than they uh, first thought. The production at the, at the Shanghai factory is on track to fall by over a third this quarter from the first three months of the year. As China's mm. zero COVID lockdowns caused deeper disruptions to output. Um, more than Elon Musk had predicted. And he told Tesla executives in email last week that he had a super bad feeling. We talked about that. And the economy and needed to cut jobs by 10%. And then, of course, he said he's going to increase hiring. So I don't know how that is. And this is all because of the new word. This is all because the things that are happening, the, the woes of the market, the concerns about crypto, the WTO chief said I wish I could say for better I wish I could say for better it has certainly become more complex she said uh, she listed all the lingering COVID-19 pandemic issues and all that and the war in Ukraine and major food energy crisis as pieces of what they call now a polycrisis I thought you'd appreciate that word a polycrisis have you heard that before no, I like it, though. I thought you would. Polycrisis. Yeah. So what would be bigger than that? A mega poly- well, polycrisis? Well, poly means multiple. Yeah. So they're just talking about it's all jumbled into one. I mean, it's like a stagflation. It's like this way of putting some 
coming up with a new term to explain the mess we're in. Yeah. And uh, it's good enough. I think it does the trick. Whatever so, it is, throw it into the pile because it's a poly, whatever, polyflation or whatever. Poly, poly crisis. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll have like an infa crisis, infinite, infinite crisis, infa crisis, which is just like constant. I think poly's good. That's a good one. I like that. I did like it. Poly crisis. You could use it. Uh, the other thing that's really been bothering me lately is uh, the the continuation. I'm surprised you don't cover this on No Agenda. At least I didn't hear it in the first hour that I listened. Uh, the, the 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 nuclear discussion. You talk about this at all? A little bit, not uh, to any sort of panicky extreme. No, I just don't understand why this is coming up. Becoming it's coming up more and more. You know, Noco. That's my name for North Korea. Noco. Noco. Uh, Iran. Russia. Now, China. China has made impressive progress in developing new nuclear weapons, but will only use them for self-defense and never use them first. Yeah. Like. That's what everybody says. I don't understand. You know? So in response to the question about reports last year on construction of more than 100 new nuclear missile silos, I thought we were beyond this. I must have. Yeah, China's got a slew of them. But I thought we were beyond the production of new infrastructure to support nuclear ambitions. I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> no, but seriously, weren't we? The, well, the problem, I think the problem is the following, which is I think the war in Ukraine kind of points this out. We have a lot of old junk in inventory. Uh-huh. And so we've shipped a lot of it to Ukraine. And... uh I think the and there's been talk about our arsenal, our nuclear arsenal, being out of date and probably you don't even know if half of them even really will blow up. And they want to replace it, so they want to. And so while you're replacing stuff, you might as well build back better. So in other words, instead of just replacing item for item, you want to make it the, you know, instead of the forty-two forty-five, it's now the forty-two forty-five A. I mean, you you bring in, you know, so I think this is just a scam to spend more money. What are we going to do with our old nuclear junk? I don't know. That's a good question. Somebody's going to have to recycle them or or just do what <sighs> they do with the Ukrainian stuff, which is, I guess. Find a war to have to fight a war. Find a war. No, they didn't, I mean, no, the Ukrainian nukes were all given to Russia to dispose of. I don't know what they did, did with them. I think they put them in barrels or something. I have no idea. Yeah. It's a good question, actually. I should look into it. Mm. COVID, never going to end, never going to end, never going to end. Beijing and Shanghai are on alert again. How, I don't understand. We were two weeks from the last lockdown, and all of a sudden, there's a total of 290, listen to this, a total of 290 cases linked to the bar that people were at. I don't know what they were doing at this bar. Uh, that effective, uh, aff afflicted from 14... Uh, of Beijing's 16 districts, throwing this, this, listen this, throwing the city of 22 million people back into a state of anxiety because <laughs> 290 cases. Uh, uh, they have this policy. They just and they're sticking to it no so matter stupid. what. So stupid. Which is no COVID whatsoever. Even though we can't really test for it accurately, and we don't even know what it is anymore. And uh, we invented it. We should know more about it than we do. And what are we afraid of? And blah, but, blah, But blah. would you agree that they can never get out of this? Not if they're going to have this policy. No, no good, right? It's like, it's like, would you lock down over the, because it's the, it, at some level, COVID is a coronavirus, which is the common cold. But what I'm saying is there's, they could never get, for whatever reason, their vaccines don't work. And even with vaccines, they don't trust it, that they won't get severe illness and blah, 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 blah. But the point is, this is going to be a vicious cycle that just doesn't end there. It can't. I don't know what they're going to they do. Can't. They, can't, they, they can't keep this going. This is not helping anybody. Right. And then on top of it, they could never, they could never open the country up to outsiders at all, ever, under this policy. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind would go there. But they're not going to let people anyway. You can't. That's true. But even if they did, if they keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. No one's going to go visit. Stupid, stupid. Uh, last week, you picked a stock. We've talked about this before, the old Truth Social from uh, the social media company from um, Trump. Trump. DWAC was whacked today. 
is an investigation into true social SPAC. As previously disclosed in Digital World's quarterly report on Form 10-Q for the period ending March 31st, 2022, and other filings, blah, blah. There's documents requested, subpoenas from the SEC, and all this going. Now, maybe, for those of you that are absolute you know, believers, maybe this is just a oh, big conspiracy to get Trump. I don't know. When we first heard this thing come up, up together, even before Trump's uh, um, true social or the Trump um, uh, Twitter, if you will, was going to be put in here. There were some questions about, it was like somebody from Asia was in charge of the SPAC and it was a weird thing they set up. And there was a lot of things that were going around to begin with. Stock was down 26% today. Yeah. I guess that ruined my my yeah. play on the, on the game. Yep. Now, MicroStrategy is off by 80% from its high. Michael Saylor, who is like the god of crypto, which is the first guy to recognize the brilliance and put uh, and put on the something in the chat room says DWAC is headquartered in Wuhan. Look it up. I, I, I don't know. That'd, that'd be pretty weird. Be, <laughs> Could be. That'd be pretty weird. Uh, the 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 you know he he was the first one to put uh, major money in the area of Bitcoin on the balance sheet of his company, MicroStrategy. And he told people, you want to mortgage your house and buy Bitcoin. And if you have extra money, find what you got under the couch, under the sofa, anywhere, buy more Bitcoin. And when you have nothing left, find a way, buy more Bitcoin. That was his uh, strategy. Now, I know him many years. You want to hear my story about- Yeah, uh, so now you you tease us with this. Let's- Let's hear it. Back in the year 2000, I believe it was March 20th, 2000, because that was my birthday. I think I was on the golf course that day. It was a Friday. And I remember looking at something. It was it was, it was was uh, too early to have cell phones. I don't know what I was looking at, but whatever it was, I called the office. I'm like, hey, I didn't know MicroStrategy was splitting today. I had a very substantial piece of this company in my personal portfolio, as well as um, not a lot, but some in, in client portfolios. I like what they did. I like the structure. This was the 2000s. It was very, you know, they were, they were doing pretty good, it seemed. Well, one of the things that MicroStrategy did, they had software. And they, they sold their software to a company. But they also accompanied that with a service package. That service package was a five-year plan. What MicroStrategy did to make things look better was they booked the profit or the revenue from the, from the software And they also booked the five years worth of revenue from the services up front. And the SEC came in and said, what? You're making it look like you received this revenue when you haven't? Oh, I remember this story, yeah. Stock got chopped down incredibly. Yeah. And since then, I haven't really trusted this guy. He He was at the head during that period also. Now, I will share with you, in in full disclosure, it was probably one of the best class actions that I've ever seen. Oh. Because I got back back about 40% of my money. It's better than the five bucks you usually get. This is pretty good. I was pretty impressed. And if I held it for a few, uh, they give you shares. If I held it for a little bit longer, I would have actually come out probably positive on the deal. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Shell producer, Continental Resources. You know, a guy named Harold Ham. He's the billionaire founder uh, who, I think uh, he wrote one of the biggest checks ever in his divorce. It was a, a few billion dollars at the time. Before before the big ones from uh, Bezos. And, yeah, and, and from, Gates. And Gates, yeah. So, uh, Shell producer, Continental Resources, on Tuesday, they received an all-cash buyout proposal from the billionaire founder, Harold Ham which valued the company $25 billion. They already held about 83% of the total outstanding shares of the company's common stock. Okay, that's interesting. Well, he proposed paying $70 per share. Now, that was nice because we own those shares in our client portfolios. So that was a nice up. But what was really weird, by the end of the day, the stock traded 74. 74. When this guy only has 17% left to buy, it's basically a private deal already. He can name his price. 
and it's trading over 74. I guess they're not going to shop it. I don't know what's going on with this thing. Very strange. Uh. That was very interesting, though. Something to watch. Natural gas fell 16% today. This is a really weird story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good story. Because I had to read it like 40, 40 times. Yeah, explain it to me. <laughs> I think I understand it now. So natural gas prices plunged today due to the fact that a company called Freeport LNG said its facility that had a fire last week, there was an explosion of fire, won't be back and running anytime soon. So you would think at first. Exactly. You the think other first, thing would happen. You would think the prices would go up because, wait a minute, yeah, what are you obviously. talking about? Yeah. Yeah. But what's happening here is that the natural gas is being, I would say, converted to LNG, liquid natural gas, liquefied natural gas. So all the pumping that goes on that's required to make this isn't going to stop. And therefore, there's going to be an oversupply of two um, – I don't, I don't know, uh, two barrels, it's not barrels, it's two billion, two billion cubic feet per day, um, or 2% of the demand for U.S. natural gas has been abruptly eliminated, but yet not, in other words, it's going to pile up. Because it's not going to be utilized by Freeport, which would usually convert it to LNG. Does that make sense? No, not the way you explained it. All right, so basically... It would usually be utilized, this amount, uh, this uh, 2 billion cubic feet. It sounds, but let me exp go from what I, the way I see it or how it sounds to me. Okay. These guys lost storage capacity and the whole market doesn't change. And so the amount of natural gas continues to flow and now it has to go into the market instead of into storage, yep. forcing the prices down to get people to suck it up. Yeah, pretty much. That That's it. I mean, it, it, that could be said to be the way it is also. But LNG is usually something. So, so you can you can move LNG. Yeah, it usually gets, yeah, it gets shipped to right. Europe. Or, right. Right. U.S. Uh, average gas price at the pump, top five bucks. What is it in your neighborhood? Right now, it's, eh, I said the average price is six ninety five. I can't believe there's not a insurrection in California. Yeah, they're, they're very passive in this state ever since the Democrats took over. Or maybe when, since they legalized pot. I'm not say, sure, yeah. one of the two. Yeah, mushrooms. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy kids. Mushrooms. Could be mushrooms. Crazy it's a big kids. deal nowadays. Uh, PFOF, the head of the U.S. Security Exchange Commission, said that the agency may, may propose the most wide-ranging re reforms to the equities markets in nearly 20 years. The proposed rules would rein in the practice called payment for order flow. You know, that's the freebie. Trading for freebie, which maybe isn't so free. We don't know. Um, and that's kind of interesting. Gary Gensel is going, I, I'm, I'm actually in favor of this. He suggests that sending orders to auctions to improve deals for retail investors could happen. I'm in favor of more transparency. I don't like this. When I have the choice at a broker that I use, if I want to go with the freebie, no trading commission or the trading commission, I always choose the trading commission. Not because I make anything from it, because I don't. It doesn't come to me. But at least I know exactly what I'm paying on every trade. Yeah. There's no free lunch, yeah. for God's sakes. Uh, Neo is now running, the, the close to the pin for Neo, which is kind of, I think it's running now. Is it running now? You have to put your name. Let's see. I think it's running. Neo. Uh, nope. It's closed on the 17th. So if you want, stock is uh, trading at 18.66 at the close today. If you want to go over, to DH Unplugged and register for your opportunity to win and be involved in uh, the uh, Close to the Pin Cup at the end of the year, et cetera. Uh, there's a page over there. This is Close to the Pin. You can't, can't miss it. It's on the front page. It says right to the right. You have three days, two hours, five minutes, and 13, 12, 11 seconds to put in your price guess for NEO, which is a good one. That'll be pretty good. That was up big today, too. Uh, I want to talk about Limericks for a second. Being that we have been a equal opportunity fed limerker, do you want to open up just temporarily, possibly, the limericks to the world of crypto? Oh, it'd be interesting to see when we get anything funny. Right? Sure. I had a few sure. things. 
I had a few things going. Oh, you wrote one another. No, I, don't, I didn't write one. No, no, I didn't write one yet, but I okay. have one going. You know, something with Ethereum you can't do. Bitcoin. Coin's got plenty of rhymings. Coin, moin, yeah. boing, you know, boing. You, yeah, you got. Uh, boing, boing, right. going. Right. Boing. That's good. <laughs> Zoing. Plenty to do. Plenty to go right there. And also, by the way, uh, I just want to let you know, I know that, that we have a recession around the corner. Everybody's freaking out. All this is happening. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there's no recession here at DH Unplugged. In fact, we need you to help out and donate to the show for all the things that we do. We collect a couple of bucks here and there. Not much in the, in the way of, you know, profiteering, but it does pay for the service. It does pay for the behind the scenes. It pays for the shirts. It pays for the trophies. It pays for just what we do all the time. It pays for the the, the in, interwebs that we utilize. Yes, please help us out. The bandwidth. The bandwidth. Here we go. If you like the show. If, if you like the show. That's saying a lot. If you don't like the show, help us out anyway, but <laughs> it's really hard to get anyone to do that. Exactly. Actually, the more you give, uh, the, the better it is for, the, for those people who don't like the show. We have a special uh, donation for those not interested. <laughs> there you go. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz Company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Lots of things came off. Yeah, that's a good sign for the uh, bear market. You know, your FVC Bank Corp came off about 15%. You see that? Yeah. I think it's, I think you got 78. No, that's not right. That's not right. 17, seven, no, sorry. 1778, I think is the number. It's currently trading at 1875. I think that's the number that if it comes down to that, is where you're going to get kicked off. So do, doing pretty well, though. Uh, we're talking about uh, upwards, just about almost coming up on two years on the list. Two years without getting kicked off. Unbelievable. It doesn't seem like it was two years ago, does it? And Medtronic's even longer. And we don't have a stop on that. That's why. Oh. Well, it's still up. Wow. Oh. I don't think it's ever gone It's, it's ever gone red. It usually turns uh, in a bull market that's out of control. That's, things are going well. Medtronic always is trading at 100. Mm. Well, what uh, else we got here? We got Insight is off. We got things are getting kicked off. The Caribbean base in Cuba is off. Insight is off. Uh, Korea Fund is is down 10%. Uh, Kellogg's up 15%. Uh, gold is not going anywhere at all, just sitting there doing nothing, which in a way is good, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. my, my bet that uh, rates were coming down a little bit was very short-lived. It, yeah. it, lasted, it lasted a couple of days. It did last a couple of days. But wow. your bet... Is up 15% your rate bet on TBT. Yeah. Nice. I went the opposite of you. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Tesla, the uh, buy on Tesla that uh, I picked up, uh, closed out up 8%. Snap, I think that was you. Yep, that was you. Uh, closed out at up 4.5%. Trajectory Health, down 2%. My pick from last week, which was shorting energy, timing was perfect. Yeah, that was a good one. I think it's a good time to short. And that's what I'm going to do today. Oh, oh, what do you got? I'm going to short some of the boys that shouldn't be shorted. It doesn't look like they should, but they, let's yeah. do it. And let's short NVIDIA. Oh, boy. That's so low. But yeah, I hear you. Who else? Uh, well, again, uh, let's short Microsoft. Wow. Wow. Let's just see what happens. Okay, I'm so thinking that might be worth watching for a couple of weeks so this is uh i mean they, these are with the bottom thing bouncing around with this could be dipsy do time so it's just like you know it yeah. goes crazy and it gets kicked off like tomorrow but uh, i'll put these on there right. i want to short tesla while i'm at it let's just see what a general short strategy does at this point tsla short 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 okay this is delete delete Delete. Just setting up as we go here. Um, all right. We got short NVIDIA, short Microsoft, short Tesla. 
One, two, three. And the it, it is it is what is the what is the thesis here? The thesis here uh, opening to a bear market. Let's just say bear market. I don't have that many spaces. All right, bear market. Okay. Um, I have one on the long side, which I don't know. I, I, I like the name. I saw their numbers. I read their reports. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. Company. I'm surprised they got so hit. But on the other hand, I could see why this concern, if real estate transactions are low and, and financial transactions may be coming in, that everybody's like, well, what do you need DocuSign for? You know, having done a few deals recently, you really use this these systems a lot. And once you use them, it's like a lobster trap that you'll never get out of. Yeah. I have about, we have, I think we put together about 15 or so, maybe more, templates. And when I tell yeah. you, somebody says, hey, you know, I'd like to become a client, click, click, done. Yeah, there's nothing to it. It's, it's <laughs> the way to go. It's all set up. It's all done. Do you know what it was like the old days? Phony signature and the whole thing. Right. So um, it, it's amazing. Uh, this is... Uh, Again, I, I, I've, I've, I've looked at this in the before the pandemic. I, I liked it back then. It came up. But this last move um, on the DocuSign, I just. Uh, yeah, but, but but the move makes sense if you what you said is true and people are, you know, pulling back from you, this usage. Do you when you're using DocuSign, do you have to pay? Uh, per like you get a client and you have to pay a dollar in no, or I mean, it's, it's, it it's monthly. Just a monthly fee. And, and the monthly fee gives you up to X amount of envelopes per month. And there was a month that I blasted all our clients out an update on something that I needed back. They had to sign. I got a little call. Uh, you know, you're really over your, you know. Well, did they just add some fee? They just said they wanted to charge me more. Yeah. What well, did they? No, they never did. I said, my oh, that's not, I would say that uh, I would wonder about their management style, but okay. Right. Right. By the way, somebody, had, somebody, just about management style, I got to mention this. Yeah. So I go in the bank today because yeah. I got to do some things. So I go in there and, you know, I had to wait and I, to, and I said, I was going to, I sent this to you email. You, you, I couldn't get to my desk today. I couldn't do the email. And I said, she says, and I said, yeah, you don't have anybody working here. The place is very shorthanded. She says, yeah, we can't get anybody. There's a labor shortage, by the way, is in, across the board and everything. But she says to me, yeah, the problem is the employees are quitting because they hire, the new hires are getting paid more than they are getting paid. And this is like a management issue. So well, how does that work? Well, they got to get, they're, they're shorthanded. So, so we got to do anything we can to get these people to work for us. So let's give them bonuses and get them to signing bonuses and extra money and all this stuff as a lure to get them to work for us. But meanwhile, the people that are already working, there aren't getting these upgrades. Hmm. So they get pissed off and quit. Wow. I think this is a common practice. It's stupid. I've seen it. Hmm. Where the new guy they just hired gets yeah. more than you get. Uh, all right. It's it, it just, they're just sowing, sowing animosity. Yeah, minimally. Yeah, exactly. Hey, somebody on the chat is accusing me of loving DocuSign and been bullish for five years on it and been chasing it since three, 320. I just looked at the list we have, never been on our list here. I just did a search. No, it's never, no DocuSign's never been. I, never, this, goes back, this list goes back to 2017. It's never been on this list. Yeah, I okay? agree. That's first of all. Second of all, I did like DocuSign. I talked about it on a couple of shows um, back in, it was like 2019. And man, if you would have bought that back then, you would have been done just fine if you didn't hold on to it all the whole time. And I just looked at it last week, the first time I actually picked some up um, after the earnings call when it dropped like a, like a real champ uh, for clients. Small start position last week. So I don't know what they're talking about. But I did, I, yes, I do like the stock. I like, like the company, the stock I just picked up for the first time at the valuation, which we saw after this. After this. But yes, thank you for that information. With that, I'm going to wish you a good night. Okay, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Okay, bye. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye.
Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. <laughs> Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.